It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Locked On Wizards podcast. It's your host, Ed Oliver and Diolante Daniels. We are going to knock out some more mailbag questions today. You guys had a lot of questions. We got some left over. One is talking about Tomas Sadaransky. Should he start for the rest of the year? Also, we're going to talk about um, if the Wizards do get a top 10 point guard, are they going to be contenders? And then another question about Rui. Can he start at the at the four next year and Kuzma start to the start at the four position. So we're going to get into that. And then the Washington Wizards do play the Chicago Bulls tomorrow. So we're going to get into that as well. Let's get started. You are locked on Wizards, your daily Washington Wizards podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Wizards your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts. NBA Top Shot is the future of being an NBA fan. Own officially licensed rare NFTs of the greatest moments from NBA history. Sign up today at LockedOn.NBATopShot.com. All right, so today the first question is from YouTube. We did Twitter last time, so we're going to knock out some of the YouTube questions. Uh, This is from Hellel. Story on YouTube, he says, Saddle was perfect tonight. This was actually eight days ago that he put this question in. He said, Saddle was perfect tonight, ran, ran the team, got the ball to the right guys, couldn't miss. Would you start him, question mark? Would you keep him for next year? I would definitely be interested in keeping a guy like Sato for next season. I mean, obviously, he's starting right now. And it's the right move. Uh, like I said, when the Wizards first got him, he does a lot of the little things. He doesn't really do too much. And he's not too worried about getting a shot up. You know, he'll have games where he'll may have, like currently where there's no Brad, no Kuzma, et cetera. He may have a little bit of higher of field goal attempts, maybe like a game with seven or eight shots. But for the most part, 
he he's really a glue guy. You know, you can throw out there, especially coming off the bench, who will help run the offense, veteran. So I, I don't have an issue with him staying next season. And he's, I think, what Wes really wants, and especially in his one of his backup guards, the guys who can help run the offense, a bigger guy, not a smaller guy who's jacking up shots, et cetera. And what Bradley Bill said as well about getting bigger guards, getting bigger guys. He fits that mode. So I definitely wouldn't mind him returning for next season. Yeah, and he shouldn't really cost much. I mean, you know, the Spurs – they weren't playing him at all, so we got him for a bargain bin deal. You know, he, he got he got he got bought out by the Spurs, and we picked him up. Um, like I keep saying, I wasn't the biggest fan of bringing him here. You know, at the time, I was I was like, let's just get the lottery odds, let's just stack up on some of these losses. And I didn't, I, I just didn't think bringing him in would help the team. To be honest, um, I was just like, hey, let's just play the young guys, let's play some of these G League guys. But no, Sato, he has helped out. He has, you know. He's he's playing really well with Denny. You know, I was thinking maybe he would take minutes from Denny, but he's actually fitting in well with Denny. He's fitting in well with Rui. He's fitting in well with Porzingis. Him and Porzingis, they got a good two-man game going. Um, it's just unfortunate that Wes did take a little too long to realize that Saddle would be the better facilitator, a better point guard for these guys and for the young guys to play better. Um, and Elizabeth Hayden commented on our video yesterday. Shout out to them. They said that we didn't bring up Sato's defense. Yes, he has been better defensively than Neto because they just they kind of they pick on Neto because Neto's like six feet tall. So it's just easy to score over him. Guys post him up and guys just shoot over him. And you're not able to do that to Sato. He's six foot seven. He's a really, really tall guard. Um, and like you said before, Brad said it, you know, assistant GM Bradley Bill said it on the postgame show. They want taller guards. Well, hey, there you have it. Saddle might not be a starting guard. He's not. He's nowhere near a top 10 guard in this league. Probably not even a top 15 point guard, to be honest, in this league. But he does the little things he does with the, what the Wizards really need. They just need a guy to get the rebound, push the ball, not pound the ball, look for open shooters, look for open shots. And then when he has a shot, he's not scared to take the shot either. But he's not, like, hunting and forcing shots. He'll take the open mid-range, take the open three, get to the basket. He can finish a little bit. And then sometimes he'll sneakily dunk the ball sometimes here and there too so but defensively yeah he definitely brought some life defensively and um next year yeah i would bring him back he shouldn't really cost that much to be honest i mean uh, he'll be more than a veteran minimum deal probably but he's not gonna really cost more than really i would think like three five million to be honest so sure yeah i'd, I'd definitely bring him back on a one-year deal or two-year deal something like that um thank you for your question um the next one this ties into point guard play again. This is from Peter Van Dixhorn on uh, YouTube. He says, do you think if we add a top 10 point guard, stay healthy next year and the young guys develop, could we be contenders? Man, contenders. I feel like it's, it's, <laughs> it's a lot that needs to go on for the Wizards to end up being any kind of contender. You know, firstly, they they have to show up the defense. Whoever they get, whoever they get, whether it's adding a top 10 point guard or health or developing the young guys, it starts with Biden on the defensive end because you can have, you know, a top 10 point guard, et cetera, and that'll help, you know, especially offensively. But if you're giving up 115, 120 points almost every time you step foot on the court, then it's going to be a lot of inconsistency and a lot of losing streaks and some winning here, but losing there. They got to, they got to buy in first 
on the defensive end, no matter who they bring in, et cetera. They got to find an identity. They got to find an identity. That's my biggest things for them right there for the offseason. Of course, personnel, top 10 point guard, like you said, would help. But what kind of team do you want to be? Do you want to be a gritty team? You know, a guy, a team that fights defensively? Or, you know, do you want to be a team that just is in shootouts every time? I don't think that's a great kind of winning, contending style of basketball. So, yes, that all helps. But they got to buy in. They got to find an identity. And they got to defend. Yeah, it, it kind of depends on what kind of contender uh, Peter's asking for. You know, a championship contender, that's what I, I, I assume that he's saying. Uh, a lot of a lot of things would have to go right now. A top 10 point guard, I just don't see them getting any top 10 point guard. I mean, you look at the free agents that are available. Um, there's just not many options. Um, I know Malcolm Brogdon is brought up a lot. I guess he would be considered a top 10 point guard. Um yeah, it's just the pickings are really, really slim. It's really hard for them to acquire um, a good point guard, to be honest. Um, they could get some, like, role player type point guards, maybe like a, a Tyus Jones or something like that, or, you know, the reunion with John Wall or something like that. But, um, yeah, a lot of pieces would have to fall the right way for the Wizards to become a contender. Every Like like he said, everybody has to be healthy. Um, Kuzma has to come back firing all cylinders. And of course, Bradley Bill has to play better than what he did this past year. Porzingis has to stay healthy and play well. Um, they have to have a good mix. Whatever draft pick they have, um, is going to have to hit too. Denny and Rui are going to have to develop and get better. What's what's unsettled is going to have to coach better. Everybody's just going to have to be better than what they were last year. Um, but like you said, as an identity, yeah, um, they, they need to push the ball more, create some open shots for Bradley Bill. Um, you know him getting some open shots because a lot of a lot of his shots were just you know dribble dribble dribble. Can can they get some easier shots? Him some easier. Can the point guard come in and facilitate some easier shots for him? Some easier shots for Porzingis. Kuzma get some easier shots. Can they work together? Um, but yeah, if they get a top ten point guard, I would say they could be they could get to the second round. I would say that if everything breaks right, they could get to the second round, and then who knows. Um, because yeah, if Porzingis is playing well, like he did, like if he plays like he did against the Lakers and Bradley Bill plays like his usual self, like that all NBA Bradley Bill or Kuzma plays like he did in the second half of the year, it's a lot of ifs. And let's say they do get a, a solid point guard to come in and play some defense and get guys open. And sure, I would say they could they could make like fourth or fifth seed in the East. Just I only say that because the East is is just it's just getting better. So it's not the East are old. You still got the Heat. You got the Nets. The Sixers are coming back next year. They're going to be firing all cylinders. The Nets are going to be back with Katie and Kyrie. Um, the Heat are going to be good. They're first place in the Eastern Conference. So you're really looking at fourth, or fourth. in my opinion, I would say like a fourth or fifth seed. And they, they could compete. I'll say that. Yeah, fourth, fifth seed, that would be really good, you know, especially because yeah. it's hard to jump from just – yeah, the East is, is, is always going to be tough. And then it's going to be tough to just jump from lottery. We're talking about a top four pick. And next season, we're talking about trying to be some type of contender. You know, so, you know, Wizards, Washington isn't the biggest free agent destination, like Brad mm-hmm. says. So we'll have right. to come through a trade. And we all know the Wizards don't have the best trade assets right now. So, Realistically, they, they need a lot, man. And they gotta find some way to figure it out and build a team that's at least 
second round worthy. Definitely, yeah. I think, yeah, a point would definitely help. Um, but right now, I think if, if things break right, then the the best would be like a fourth and fifth seed. So, but we'll see. That was a good question there. Um, we got a couple more questions coming up. But before we do get into that, this episode is brought to you by NBA Top Shot. NBA Top Shot is the officially licensed NFT of the NBA. Connect with a passionate community of NBA fans across the globe and build your collection with your favorite moments from NBA history. NBA Top Shot is the future of what being an NBA fan looks like. It's part trading cards, part stock market, and part fantasy sports with a built-in loyalty program. NBA Top Shot has evolved trading cards and made it, and made it easier to buy, sell, and trade by removing the hassle of card grading, shoe boxes, and binders. Their 24-7 peer-to-peer marketplace lets you scroll through all of your favorite players and teams. Once you find the moment you've been looking for, you can buy in a couple of clicks. Now I hear all the time, why would I buy something that I could watch on YouTube for free? And I tell those people that it's not about watching a highlight. It's about having ownership in the stock market of the NBA's greatest moments. For example, last year, Top Shot flew out a group of fans to Phoenix for Game 5 of the NBA Finals just for having Phoenix Suns moments in their collections. The following week, Top Shot flew out a group of fans to New York for the NBA draft, and these collectors got to have dinner with four future first-round picks the night before they were drafted and play basketball with New York Knicks' Obi Toppin. If you sign up for Top Shot today, the best way to start is getting yourself a starter pack. You can pull a moment of a superstar like LeBron or Katie or star rookies like Cade Cunningham or Evan Mobley for $9. Head over to LockedOn.NBATopShot.com to start building your collection today. This episode is also brought to you by Truebill. Do you know do you know why free trials renew without your consent? It's a business scam out to get you. Don't let greedy corporations pocket your money. Download Truebill to take control of your, your subscriptions. Truebill is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't need, want, or simply forgot about. On average, people save up to $720 a year with Truebill. Because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel, Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just like your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. And your Truebill concierge is there when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to. Truebill has over 2 million users and helped them save over $100 million. Like Matthew B. who says, in a matter of seconds, I saved $660 for the year on my direct TV bill, saved $120 for the year on my Sirius XM bill, and saved $840 a year on car insurance. Don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. Go right now, Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. It can save you thousands a year. Also, don't forget, thank you for making Locked On Wizards your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast. Nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from our local experts. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. All right, so our next question is from YouTube. This is from D Life. He says, Why can't Kyle Kuzma start at the three spot so Rui can start at the four? I think he's talking about next year because Kyle Kuzma, once again, he's going to be out for the Bulls game. If, if people did not know that, um, this is what his fifth game out in a row. So, you know, and then there was a report from Chase Hughes saying that. Kyle Kuzma is not going to be sit out, sat out for the rest of the year, but there's only about nine games, so we'll see. But what did you think about D-Life's question? 
Um, that's interesting. Um, I just don't think they want to do it because they want to keep KCP at that three spot, you know. So, um, I think a lot of it just has to do with West likes KCP at the three. Like right now, they're running Saddle, Kispert, and KCP. Um, before everything happened, it was Dimwitty, Bill, KCP. They West likes KCP in that three spot more than he likes Kuzma in that three spot. You can say that KCP is undersized for the three spot, and I will 100% agree with you. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I really don't know. And we all are already complaining about Rui and his playing time. So I don't know if it's a West, just a thing with Rui. I don't know. It's similar to the Howell Neto situation where Howell Neto, we were saying that he shouldn't really be playing that much. And he was still playing a lot. And then all of a sudden, he just drops the DNPs. It's just so weird what goes on with the rotation in West at times. I would have at least tested it out to try to experiment with it. But I guess not. I don't know. But I agree, I agree with you. Yeah, West definitely has a loyalty to veterans. Um, they really want KCP to play at the three spot. They really want him to start. Uh, we do know that he's good buddies with Bradley Bill. Um, and I thought even before the season started that, you know, KCP would be a good backup to Bradley Bill. And then, you know, before we we didn't know Rui was going to be out for so long, you know, before the season started, I wanted to be Brad at the two, Kuz at the three, Rui at the four, Gaff at the five. Now, you know, Porzingis is going to be playing the five. But next year, yeah, I wish they would have experimented, uh, experimented a little bit more down the stretch here, but KCP has been playing well. I mean, he had a perfect game, so I can't even, you know, say anything. You know, he, he played really well, but I do think a really good lineup, you know, having this tall, big lineup, because even Brad said it in the press conference, you know, having a Kuz, Porzingis lineup, and I want to say he included Rui in the lineup too, because it would be two, you know, 6'9", six, 6'10 six, guys, and then you have a Porzingis who's seven foot two. That's just an incredibly – tall lineup and they would be solid defensively and all those guys can shoot Rui's improved from the three-point line so it's something that I want to see them do next year you know Brad would be at the two point guard x whoever the point guard is let uh Porzingis be at the five Rui can be at the four Kyle Kuzma can be at the three only thing is you know Kuz hasn't been great defensively this year same thing with Rui he's been a little lost in the sauce off ball defensively um, but yeah, I would like to see it. Rui, man, because Rui's been, he, he shot the ball a lot better this year. So he would be a nice, you know, four that can stretch out. And then Kuz, he's been versatile this year. Kuz has been able to handle the ball. He's got assists. He's been rebounding. So um, I would like to see that long lineup. But Wes, yeah, he does need to experiment more, switch things up. Sometimes he does go with guys like Neto. I think he stayed with Neto in the starting lineup a little too long. Um, and if KCP is over dribbling, you can just get a different look with Rui at the three. And they don't even have to start. You know, um, sometimes they can just have that lineup out there. It's not even about starting. Sometimes they can just have those guys out there at one time. Yeah, I I don't understand. I don't understand the just reluctance to, you know, try to switch things up at times. The Neto move that came too late and KCP just at this point in the season, when when Kyle Kuzma was playing, why not try to switch it up and have a bigger lineup out there? Because that could potentially help with your defensive issues, getting some more size out there. Get KCP from the starting three spot. You can even move him over to the two, bring Corey to the bench, et cetera, and see how that works for you. I mean, Corey Kisper, honestly, I love what he's been doing, but 
he's not the type of player that I look at as playing 35 minutes a game and whatnot. That's not the role I see his future being. It's nothing wrong with just trying to switch things up, et cetera. But I, I do agree with you. I think it's a veteran thing. And I don't know. He doesn't want to rock the boat too much or, or something. KCP's Brad's guy. It's weird. But I would love to see Kuzma at the three and Rui at the four and KP at the five. That that size right there, I do like that. I would enjoy that. With Saddle at the one. That's a lot of size right there. Right. Yeah, that would be a crazy lineup. Corey Kispert, one thing. His last 10 games, he's averaging 13 points a game, two boards, one assist. 56% from the field, 43% from the three-point line, and 75% from the free throw line. So he's shooting a lot better. Also, Denny, over the last eight games, he's shooting – he has 13 points a game, five uh, – six boards a game, three assists, and 36% from the three. I've seen a lot of people in the comments talking about his defense. Last night he um, played really, really well against the Warriors guarding um, – whoever he guarded, uh, I forgot the stats, but a lot of people put them in the comments – um, so he did a really good job defensively. I just wanted to shout him out for that. Um, but we got one more question here. Um, and we're going to do a quick preview of the Bulls game. We play the Bulls tomorrow night, but we got a quick word from B. Oh, dear, you're on mute. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Wandor often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand that their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you could need, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use webpage today to find the solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. All right, last question. This one is a quick one. This is from, this is on Twitter. There's a couple questions still left on YouTube. We'll, we'll definitely um, do our best to get to, to those on Thursday. Uh, one is from RB, Arbel uh, Margata. We'll answer that one on Thursday. Margalit. On Thursday, um, this one is from Four Stacks Sosa on Twitter. Um, this was a quick, easy one. He says, "Should we let Brad go?" Oh, uh, that's tough, man. You look at the future of the Wizards, and I mean, it's hard to really see how they build a really good contending team. But you also got to think of it business-wise. You rather have somebody out there who, I mean, I can't really say fills the seats because the Wizards are always towards the bottom when it comes to attendance. But, you know, Tim wants to have that franchise guy, that face of the franchise, and it's going to be Brad. I understand why people would say, you know, uh, just let him go at this point. What are the Wizards really going to do with them? They haven't done anything with them yet. But on the flip side, people are saying, you know, look at the talent that Brad has had around him throughout his tenure as the guy it hasn't been the best so i don't know i mean 
I say no. Simply don't let him go because I, it's going to make me upset that you could have traded him and you didn't get anything. <laughs> and he just walked for nothing. So now you get no assets for Bradley Bill. So I'd say keep him just off of the strength of that point alone. Yeah. It's it's kind of yeah they kind of missed their opportunity to maximize his value. I feel like the time when the rumors came out when Russ they said Russ requested a trade, which he did. He wanted to go to L.A. I think that was the time to move on and blow it up. But they decided to keep Bradley Bill, so it is what it is. You got it. You kind of got to stick with him right now. Um, they could do a sign and trade, which you know we heard the rumors about the Miami Heat doing. They want they want him so badly, so the Heat are just. They want Bradley Bill so bad, so I'm, you know, I guess they would trade, uh, you know, Hero, Duncan Robinson, a couple picks, Max Struess, and a couple other guys. Um, so that's something to think about. Um, but I, I just think it's it's kind of late now. I think they did miss their opportunity, like you said. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're gonna, you know, Tommy. We already know what Tommy Shepard's gonna do, what he wants to do. And all the interviews that we listened to, you know, we went on Draymond Green's podcast. He went on the post-game show. Everything sounds like Brad is here. He already said he's looked at point guards. He's already going to, you know, make moves or assist Tommy Shepard in moves. So it's like, you know, we we have no choice. Um, but just to root for Brad and, and support him. Um, but as far as from, like, uh, an armchair GM looking at it, um, I, I think I would I would keep him for one for this year coming up. Mm-hmm. Let's see how it works out because we've seen guys sign big deals and then if it doesn't work out, then they request a trade and you can still get some value for them. So we'll see what happens. They brought in Porzingis. I think they can make it work, but we know the ceiling is not super super high. Nobody's gonna put the Wizards in championship contention at all. Um, but yeah, I think for right now, let's see what next year happen, how it goes next year, and then we'll go from there. Yeah, it's just, you know, it's just, it would sting. It's like salt to the wound, whereas, like, you had Bradley Bill, could have traded him. It was so many rumors, like, oh, this team wants him, that team wants him, Lakers want him, Heat want him, et cetera, and he just walks. You know, he simply walks and says, you know, eh, I'll just go here and take my talents here. So I think the best case is you sign him and – Hope the hope for the best. Hope that Bill and the Wizards front office know what they're doing and can build something fun here in DC. Right. All right. So let's transition to the Bulls preview. What's your uh, keys to victory against the Chicago Bulls? Uh, keys to victory. I will say they got to guard the paint. They got to guard the paint, and they can't foul. They they got to – not can't, obviously, but they have to keep their fouling to a minimum because you got guys like DeRozan, guys like Zach Levine, even Vucevic. Those guys can get to the line. I mean, currently against the Knicks, DeRozan is 7-for-7 seven seven from the free throw line. Zach Levine is 8-for-8, eight eight, and Vucevic is 4-for-5. Four so it's really tough. You know, they really got to be able to – be able to defend without fouling and be able to – defend that paint and defend that mid-range area because we know that's what DeRozan likes to do. And you can't let Zach Levine get hot because he will kill you. You know, he has 22 right now and he can kill you from the three-point line if he really gets it going. So they definitely got to try to, I said the main thing is defend without fouling, defend without fouling, try to keep these guys off the free throw line as much as possible. 
Definitely. It's so weird. The Wizards might have opportunity to have a three-game win streak. I know they haven't had the back-to-back win streak since January. Forgot to mention that last night in our episode. But, um, yeah, the Bulls aren't playing good as of late. They've lost to um, a couple of teams. They lost a couple of games here. They had that hot start. DeMar DeRozan was in an MVP conversation. He's kind of cooled off a little bit. Um, and then Lonzo Ball, you know, he hasn't played in a couple of games. He's been injured. Um, so, and the Bulls are playing on a back-to-back, so the Wizards could take advantage of that. You know, I'm still, I would like to see them get the lottery odds, but if they're going to develop players like Denny and Rui and, and Kiss are going to play well, if they win games, it is what it is. I'm not mad at it. Um, but like you said, they got to protect the paint with DeMar DeRozan. You know, he's a mid-range assassin. Uh, same thing with Vucevic. He's a strong big, so that would be a fun matchup. Uh, Porzingis and, and uh, Vucevic. Um, and they, they got shooters. Um, Kobe White, you know, he shot the lights out last time. He's 0 for 5 right now against the Knicks. But the last time we played him, he, he lit us up off the bench. Um, so, once again, same thing with the Warriors. Defending the three-point line, let's move the ball, let's push the ball. Tomas facilitate. Uh, we see Denny push the ball as well, get the ball to Porzingis. A lot of pick and roll, pick and pop. Um, Ish brings some energy off the bench, too. Um, like you said, defend without fouling. Let's try to put some pressure on the defense, get some guys in foul trouble as well. And um, let's finish games. We haven't, you know, we finally finished the last two games, but the Rockets game, we're up by 20 points and we let teams come back. You know, if we do get out to a lead as the Bulls, let's try to put the nail in the coffin and put put them away. I don't see that happening, but, um, yeah, defend the paint with, like you said, defending the three-point line and um, pushing the pace and moving the ball. Let's try to get 30 assists and get, you know, six or seven guys in double figures. Yeah, uh, moving the ball is definitely, I think, is key. You know, you want to move the ball against these guys. Oh, they've been struggling. So, I mean, they may take it out to the Knicks. So, maybe the Wizards can get one off of them. I mean, of course, if you're pro tank, you don't want that to happen. But I think it'll be a, I think it could be a good game or the Wizards will make the Bulls get right. This will be a get right game for the Bulls and they'll dominate. Who knows? It could go either way when you talk about the Wizards. Right. Yeah, but we want to thank you guys for coming on. Uh, what's your quickly? Who do you think? Who do you got winning tomorrow night? I think the Bulls win. I think the winning streak comes to an end at two. Uh-huh. Yeah, I was, I was saying the Wizards just because they played better, but you know, of course, you know, Steph didn't play. It was the Pistons. To be fair, it was two teams that are kind of not playing well right now. The Bulls aren't playing well either. But I'm gonna say they lose to the Bulls too. They're gonna lose by two. It's gonna be very close. But once again, just want to thank you guys for listening and make sure you guys subscribe to Locked On Wizards on YouTube. Hit the notification bell. Now make your second listen Locked On NBA. Locked On experts covering the biggest stories around the NBA every Monday through Friday in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. Hell to the Wizards. Peace. Peace. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.